Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Gaston Cold sets up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe, and we have reached the end of spring practice. Got a few more to get in this week for the Longhorns. Get it on at DKR on Saturday under the lights, spring game, and then the pads go away until August. It's not going to be that long, guys, before we're actually talking about football. I would say uh, spring game crept up on us pretty quick. Yeah, too. it did. Yep. Yeah, we had a little time, but yeah. no, it's like, no, we're the week of it right now. But you mm-hmm. know when we get to those dog days in like June and July, Rod, before media day. It, uh, yeah, it's, we're, we're going to be struggling for things to talk about, as always. Well, now that we have a quarterback, we are. Usually, yeah. it's just, it was pretty easy. You just always default. The conversation was, ah, man, who the hell is going to be the quarterback? It like, used to be, how it. long, can, last, like, seven, how long can we same. put off this quarterback conversation before we really get to dissect? But. Yeah, I mean, that's what that used to be. Now, it's like, oh, so I'm with you now. Yeah, what are you? Now you guys have more nuanced conversation about Texas football. Right. It's not so easy. It's like, oh, so what, what's the, what are the issues right now? I could point out a few. I guess we'll get into it. We will definitely. <laughs> Definitely get into it as we go on we like in to today's. We're becoming grumpy old men. Today's presentation. Uh, let me bring in the rest of the team. Here's the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. And Rod's right. It's like we had did the same show for like eight years for a while. We did. It was. It was like Groundhog Day. I was just uh, Texas. Right. It was just. It was just quarterback discussion. I remember those. I mean, by the end of it, Bill Murray wanted to kill himself. He just started jumping off buildings and stuff. Yeah, it did not make us smarter and more intellectual like it did Bill Murray. No, right. No. Uh, a man who is intellectual, he is smart because he is a renaissance man. The renaissance Thanks, man brother. of the Austin Radio Network at 104.9 The Horn and uh, here on Longhorn Blitz. By the way, on The Horn, you can get him one to three weekdays on the Rodcast. You got 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260. Get it on the Horn app, hornfm.com, where you can hear uh, Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinals for the Jim Thorpe Award, former fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and he with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL when he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree one day. We promise he will get that T-ring back in <laughs> and he will wear it proudly. <laughs> Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU, a black card member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Rod, let me start there. When we talk about the spring football discussion coming off right. the second scrimmage, uh, which I've heard you say is the most important scrimmage of the spring, yeah. uh, I, th- I kind of I tend to think they're all important this spring because you're getting to look at a lot of young well, guys. I agree with you're, you. You're building depth. So I think every game-like situation and Todd Orlando had an availability with him this week. He alluded to that. Hey, every game-like situation this defense can get Good in, point. the better you're going to be. But the talk of the second scrimmage, talk of the spring, yeah. the home run decision by Tom know. Herman and his staff Give it to me. had been to put Jordan Whittington at running back. No. He and Keontae Ingram. This is how good the offense was in the scrimmage. The staff didn't even issue a defensive player of the scrimmage award. I know. I was mm-hmm. waiting on that. Their two, okay, scrimmage, M- their two scrimmage MVPs were Keontae Ingram and Jordan Whittington. I was like, that's kind of disrespectful. But I guess Tom Herman maybe wants to, that's how you know Tom Horn wants to pump up the defense. And because I think, remember he first came in, he was disrespecting the Texas defense. Remember he called the defensive line a bunch of fat boys? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he when he does that, I think those are like subtle shots that all right, none of y'all are even worthy enough. Now, I'm sure we'll get into some of the guys who probably could have been right. the uh, the defensive players of the scrimmage. But let's get to Jordan Whittington and Keontae Ingram. All right, so, uh, I heard you say on the broadcast. You know, it's the truth, man. I'm willing to say it. I'm, it, I'm humble. You have you have the title right now, Rod, of in the history of this football program being the greatest number twenty one. I am the greatest awesome. twenty one in the history of Texas football. I am. No, but, and I you know I give props to all the other twenty ones, the, the, the Duke Thomas, the Blake, Blake Gideons, Gideons out there, all those guys. You know but I mean? you think within the next three to four years that you will no longer have that title? No, I'm going to enjoy it while I can. I'm going to enjoy it for the next. I hopefully it it doesn't go away. In, or you in, just say I'm the best <laughs> number twenty one this defense it, it, has ever seen. No, I, yeah, I might have to like get specific with it because now I think Jordan. 
Whittington when he's done. Not his freshman year, hopefully. Hopefully I did more than, you know, him to be able to eclipse me as the greatest 21 in Texas football history just in his first year. But from what I hear, um, he's the real deal, man. He, and he's number yeah. 21. He's going to be the he's gonna be the greatest number 21 in the history of Texas football. He is. I, like this, I'll say this. And I was hanging out with Ramon Taylor huh? last weekend. He had this Ramon Taylor Youth Association kickball game. Remember the weather was really bad, though? Kickball. So yeah. kickball didn't work out, so it ended up turning into like a basketball game. And, 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 and so anyway, What's Jordan good? Whittington will be with Longhorn fans wanted Ramon Taylor. I hoped he would be. He has that kind of potential. Like, remember the expectations for Ramon Taylor once oh. you saw him? You were like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's that. That is. I was oh that Oklahoma God. State comeback his freshman <laughs> year oh was whenever he yeah. just. I mean, he shot out of a slingshot yeah. no, like ice he's skates. He's still dunking. He's still yeah. throwing alley hoops. No, we were at the. Like the so I've heard he's the best dunker. Like he, he could was win throwing a, alley hoops to himself, and I'm like to myself, dude's in like dad shape, and he's throwing alley hoops. I can't even dunk anymore. I can't even dunk like an alley. I can't dunk in any regard unless you you lower the hoop down to nine feet yeah. or something like that. At this point in my life, this dude is throwing alley hoops to himself. He is still a remarkable right. athlete like he's a freak and I remember what the expectations were when I was you know playing in the league and people were like no dude they got a freak there dude's beast and obviously off the field issues uh, you know deterred that you know that career for him but I think Jordan Whittington and as long as he doesn't make Ramon's Taylor decisions <laughs> that he will be what everybody thought Ramon's Taylor was gonna be he has that like Reggie Bush type of freaky crazy stuff and he doesn't have that like Reggie Bush game breaking speed but he's he's got like it's almost like game breaking fluidity if that makes any sense no it makes perfect sense you know what I mean I watched him the first time I watched him in a game setting was when he was a sophomore in high school and you could tell even then uh, just the guys that and I don't know Rod if he'll ever test well like I don't know if his you know that's kind of one with 5 10 5 or 40 are ever going to get blow anybody that's why I don't know if he's Reggie that's why even the Ramon's tastings I think Ramon's would have tested well yeah and Ramon's Mm -hmm. I think his senior year at Belton I think he won the 5A state championship I want to say in the long jump and the 100 yeah yeah, you know, yeah. He he was a he was a guy would have tested like a freak too. Right, you but I mean? Jordan Whittington is just one of those guys that there's a Quandre Diggs like quality to Jordan Whittington, and what I mean by that is Definitely. when you watch Quandre in high school, whether he was playing defense, offense, whatever it was, they're like, you know what? I bet whatever position he played, he'd probably be the best guy on the. Yeah. That's what Jordan Whittington reminds me. Like everybody gets focused on, and rightfully so, on the 334 rushing yards he had in the state championship game and the five rushing touchdowns. You break Eric Dickerson's conference record, you break Jonathan Gray's state championship game record for rushing yards but he was a defensive MVP of that game too so yeah that's kind of I can't believe that I, I didn't really know that either actually, the, right so that. that just shows you like this kid he's just freak. put him somewhere yeah. and he's probably going to be the player. best guy you could put at that position I mean I'm sure player. if he was at Z receiver right now Rod he'd be the best Z receiver in the program maybe no I'm with you man I've heard yeah I've heard great things so and I've heard they're putting a lot on his plate and I rightfully so in a prodigy so load is played up you know and what I mean? think yeah Ramon's one state in long jump if I'm reading this correctly yeah. and finished fourth in the 100. Fourth in the 100. What okay. He, My he bad. Yeah, time there? in 2003. 10.59. <laughs> and then he. It's 5A, though, right? Yeah, yeah. 5A state meet. He finished first in 03 and in 04 in long jump. 25 and. Uh, so he's a 25 foot long jumper around yes. a sub 10 6. Yes. And then he won state down. the next year only jumping like 23 and a half. Like, oh. He, oh, it was only 20, he went oh, down 23 and a half feet. inches in one state again. 10,500 meters, 25. And then 25 jump. and then a three yeah. quarters of an inch. At it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like that. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if Jordan Wilson was is that. As I, was like, I think Reggie Bush probably was in that same realm as freakish. Short space quickness. But like it's, it just. It's, he's, yeah. Yeah. so crazy. His, he's. Fl- and man, in terms of being. I think you're right. Your Quandre Dick comparison is right on. Because mm-hmm. I think he is just such a great football player. And everything is so natural to him. Even everything about the game is natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the. You're talking about the short area quickness. Uh, having the Compact. hands. Having the. Yeah. Yeah, the, the you know I mean all that stuff the the agility get being explosive getting in and out of breaks yeah, you probably could have put him at safety for Texas and he'd have, you know he'd have been just fine too natural, like a nickel for natural <laughs> functional athleticism it's I like think that, is yeah, the yeah, label you could put on Jordan Whitting when you look at more than that like the I mean the ability in just a foot like on a sports IQ or football IQ to be able to shift positions like that man is freaky trust me from a guy I was a people consider me a decent athlete pretty damn good mm-hmm. athlete but I studied cornerback specifically so I could be 
good at that at that cornerback position. Now, I couldn't have been Nathan Vasher. Nathan Vasher, I think, is kind of one of those guys. I think he was, you know, Quandre Diggs-like. You probably could have put him at slot receiver and he'd have been just yep, fine, too. I agree. You know what I mean? So, I think they are, yeah, I think those guys are rare, though. Those guys right. are, you know what I mean? Like, those guys are freakishly rare. But that's, you know why, I, that's why you're seeing him have the spring he is. He's having yeah. though, because that is that is rare. Um, I think Tyler Landa, oh, man, I'll make sure I get the quote right because uh, Brian Davis tweeted it out there earlier about uh, he was asking, he was talking to Todd Orlando and Tim Beck. He said Todd Orlando said that he even, you know, recognized that Jordan Riddington's the guy. Yeah, he said he didn't want to steal Tim Beck's thunder because yeah. we were going <laughs> to yeah. talk to Tim Beck next week. He's like, Jordan Riddington's been really good this week. He's like, you're Caden I mean, Stearns on lot, offense. Yeah. He's going to be like an impact like Caden Stearns had in, on defense as a freshman. You know what? That's pretty good. Like, yeah, he's he like could. the offensive Stearns when he you could. look at his body. Because we were saying the same things he about Caden Stearns last spring. He could, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I agree with you. spring, you're like, oh, he may be the best overall athlete. Well, because I think, and I know Kenton Ingram wasn't here in the spring last year, but I bet once we get to training camp, I think he, and this is because he came in early too, but I, I, even if he didn't come in early, Jordan Whittington's going to be ahead of where Keontae Ingram was. No we, all, we were all very impressed with Keontae Ingram and still are. Put on like 10 to 12 pounds of muscle, and I've heard he looks even faster and more explosive with some added weight, which is exactly what you need. I've just seen him and, on the hoof running, like running drills, and yeah. He, you know what I mean? He looks like a five-star running back. Like, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and think about that. Texas right now coming out of spring to have those two be the guys that won the MVP and you have both potentially the same position. Texas hasn't had other than Deontay, you know, the past, I mean, since Malcolm Brown, you haven't ha- been able to have multiple guys in the backfield like that. Gray and Brown year was okay, but like you were saying, the way that Ramonts was added on to a Jamal and just the assortment of weapons, like when you can weaponize your offense and now you go from being a program that didn't get production out of that position to maybe having your two or your best standouts and freak athletes at that position. I don't know if there's been a more drastic turnaround for any position in at, at Texas. That's yeah, you know I mean, like within basically last spring, I believe I was making and a wide receiver dude that we this did it. was, but no, I wasn't but, making that statement about wide receiver. Well, I was saying wide receiver at Colin Johnson, Little Jordan. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was making a statement about the running back position yeah. that it was the least talented position at Texas, and it had been for a while um, that we had seen in a long time. Like it was, it was, it, it was no doubt, just had no dynamic talent there. And as Matt went out within basically, you know, an off season, <laughs> no, a season and an off season, you end up now turning it into, I think, you could argue it's one of the strengths on the team. And you, Now with Jordan Wiggington and Keontae Ingram. And now Dan, Dan Daniel Young can play a role where when you throw him in there, and I've heard he's actually having a good spring. Do you and, throw him in a role that's more suited for what he what he brings to the table? There you go. You Not an every down guy. It'd yeah, be your CJ Anderson. Type guy. Yeah, whatever it is. Ball right there yeah, at just that, and like that depth is power. so big. And remember just like four years ago or whatever, was it three years ago? And somehow John Harris emerges as our best wide receiver like Texas had no weapons across the offense you saw all this last couple years revamp the wide receiver to become an area of depth and be something that was a luxury and then now you're seeing it at the running back like you didn't have anything at skill and that was the biggest issue I, other than the offensive let, line let, let, let and just argue, great to see the all the way across the board uh, raising the level of all no, three. no no you're right about that no no doubt about it that's a good point and because I think wide receiver and I know you can say that running back too this is just Texas because Matt makes a great point I think it's just under, under, undeveloped and underdeveloped talent. I mean, even even the rec, even when we were talking about going back to John Harris days. I mean, look at the Fozzie Whitakers that comes yep. out, and then the Malcolm Brown the Marcus, that comes Marcus out, Johnson, and then Marcus the roster, Johnson that yeah. comes out. Like, yeah, like, there's man, a couple just, of them, but just, not few depth, of those guys. We have a whole yeah. laundry yeah. list of I guys think, there. And I think those guys were guys that were they, they didn't have really high ceilings. I think now you're going back to a group with really high ceilings. Those were your those depth positions. guys back in the day when yes. you're good. You want those. To be point. your five and six guys. And remember, I gave you my 30 40 stat that I love that, uh, you know, there are only a certain amount of players in college football that have at least 30 rushes and 40 receptions in a season. Uh-huh. Usually, an average is like 12 to 15 per year in all the FBS. Texas' last two were Chris Obanaya in 2008, Eric Metcalf in 1988. Mm-hmm. Jordan Whittington is, it has the best chance, probably since Ramon's Taylor. I think Dajay and maybe DJ Monroe could have been in that category if they'd have used them correctly, but he has got the best chance to 
be in that statistical realm of special, right. unique skill since Eric Metcalf or, you know, and Chris Obanaya, he's underrated, but maybe yeah. since Eric Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I By the way, I, I forgot to I forgot to bring this up uh, when we were talking about Pro Day a couple weeks ago, but you mentioned the Jay, it kind of rang a bell. You talk about underdeveloped talent, underutilized talent. Yeah. You realize, like, I ran a 4 4. I, he went, I, I saw him on watch the sub 4 4. I know some of you say, yeah, like, 4 that. 4 3 3, 4 3 4. Like, know, he's, he's still got it. He's like, still got He can still go out there and wreck shot. I hope he stays in shape and gets ready for the XFL. Maybe the XFL, if it doesn't work out for him, let that be his last shot. Because he's one of those guys where you remember, like, no, no, that guy is a game breaker. Yep. Yeah. Like, just put the ball in his hands. He can make something happen. He just, he was at Texas at a bad time. A lot yeah. of guys were at Texas at a bad time. If Jay Johnson was on campus right now, Tom Herman would be salivating. Yeah. At the th- <laughs> Kirk Johnson is basically everything we, Kirk Johnson is what DeJay Johnson could have been, and now he can't stay healthy either. Cause. Um, here's something, though, Rob, back to the Jordan Whittington conversation. We didn't even mention Kirk Johnson, the depth of running back. Well, because he's had the stinger and he's I been know. out. I mean, it's just, we were so, talking about, oh, you're going to have enough depth, and now it's like the top two backs are, have just torched this defense. And granted, it's a defense that's missing pieces, but, you know, uh, there's a clip floating around of a run Keontae Ingram had. I mean, I don't care what pieces you're missing. If you can break a tackle at the line of scrimmage and burn off on a defense that's got speed like Texas does, burn off on for 40, 45 yards yeah. for a touchdown, I mean, I agree. that's just a, that's just a great player making a great play. And, yeah. you know, Tim Beck mentioned that in his availability. Rod, going back to, you know, there were times under Charlie Strong, really until Deontay Foreman was healthy and had that breakout year in, in 16, it had been a while since we had seen a back at Texas be able to just maximize runs. Like, you know, if it's block, yeah. if it's blocked for eight, can you get me? Can you get me? Can you can get me, me 10? 12? Yeah. yeah. 10 to 12. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's blocked for 10, can you get me 20? Yeah. You know, if it's blocked for one, can you get me four? Surprisingly, uh, Trey Watson did a good job of that this year. Yeah. I thought Trey Watson did it. You know what I mean? He it did. Brandon. He had one run in the Sugar Bowl where it's like, <laughs> yeah, he broke a tackle around the line of scrimmage and popped off for about 17 minutes. I could point yards. out probably five or six runs right now in my head where it was blocked, like you said, for four or five. And then Trey Watson broke a tackle, beat that one man, and then made it a seven or eight yard run. But that, right. but now you're talking about guys that can do it consistently, like and, literally on every play. And not only yeah. do you have that now, but with the skill sets of both these guys and really Whittington's skill set, Rod, the personnel packages you can have in this offense. And, and when you look at the spring game, I don't know how dynamic we're going to see in terms of diversity with their personnel groupings and, and yeah. things like that. I would imagine. I would imagine, for the, imagine for the most part they'll be in 11 personnel and it'll, it'll be, be a pretty plain Jane. That's what everybody gets plan. to see. Right. That's, why, that's why the second scrimmage actually is big because that's when you do a lot of the, you know what I mean? You're cre- you, a lot of stuff you're you're trying to innovate and be creative with you do that but you throw in you look at with the spring Jordan Whittington's had the development of Keontae Ingram the development of Cade Brewer who from what I've been told the coaches have said what little we've seen looks like he could end up being a five-tool type tight end Rod you can go with your 21 personnel you can go with your 20 personnel and now the fact that we've heard Brew McCoy's working in the slot a little bit like the the diversity you have on offense to just be able to mix and match personnel groupies you're not stuck with one this is what we got this is what we got to make the most of um it's it's open new doors that this offense didn't have access to uh i totally agree even add on and i i don't know if it's something they're experimenting with i mean i've heard malcolm Epps is doing having a really good spring talk about somebody with, with that kind of body mass because he's you know he's about 20 pounds heavier than even colin johnson out there and two, posing, 242 is what tom right? said. posing the same kind of threat yeah. the nfl is looking at him as a tight end why not do with him what you did with you know guys you know back in the day where you can flex that that you know that tight end position and basically have him as a flex tight end when you're passing the, the football when basically have him matched up on a linebacker or a safe and can guarantee that because you are basically in your personnel package you're using him as a tight end I mean not, and I'm saying now his hands in the dirt and I'm talking about literally flexed out when I when mm-hmm. I and I've got to go back and try to find some clips of when he played because the memories are kind of hazy like Dan, when I look at Malcolm Epps I think of Lavelle Ping I yeah see that was before my time yeah, yeah I don't even no, know I if I remember Lavelle Lavelle was I don't know if I remember buddy. watching Lavelle though. So that yeah. was like the first I remember of Texas it, I having yeah. anything as a little kid was Lavelle Pinky and I know Mike Adams and those two just as wide receiver Mike and Adams his big body guy. type. Whenever he got you know people talk, he was one of the first ones that you saw that huge. But he was like the tight end. He's like Limus Swede reminded me of a Lavelle type guy. Whenever you saw his body fill out and both being like a tight end in high school. But this is the evolution of this offensive staff, Rod. It's taking a guy like Malcolm Epps and you recruit him as a tight end and kind of the knock on him was well we don't know if he's going to block and this that and the other but it's it's taking that guy and say you know what forget about what he can what can he, he where fan. can he help us and now you're taking that and, and you're maximizing him and you're putting him to good use you're not hung up on let's make 
him a tight end. Let's try to fit him into this box. And you're saying, no, damn the box. Let's put him at X receiver, where a position where we can sacrifice a little bit of speed for a guy that can just go up and use his frame again at 6'6", 242, and go win jump balls. And you know, don't don't lose sight of this with Malcolm Evans. One thing I look at a lot when you talk about prospects is like, well, who offered them? Like, what what other schools were interested? And keep on, Malcolm Epps was committed to Alabama at one. Mm. Now they went their separate ways, but at one point in time, that was a kid that Nick Saban said, not only am I going to offer that kid a scholarship, I'm willing to take his commitment. That, to me, tells you the yeah. type of natural it's talent like you're Belichick with. Belichick bringing you in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but I, I think it just goes back to going back to the first year, and rightfully so. You know, we did it on this show, and I know reporters did it. I'm, everybody that's on the radio did it. Harping on this staff and criticizing them for not using guys properly, not making the most of what you had, and said, kind of getting hung up on what you don't have. But last year, whether it was the use of Colin Johnson, the use of little Jordan Humphrey, how Trey Watson impacted this offense, making the most out of Andrew Beck, we saw them taking the pieces they did have and maximizing this offense, mm-hmm. what they were able to do with Sam Ellinger and short yardage packages. But now, now as Matt said, now that you've got more weapons, you, you've recruited really well the last two cycles and it's starting to show, now it's like, okay, let's not get hung up on what this guy can't do. Let's take what these guys can do well and how do we fit that into what we want to do. Yeah. I think, sorry, go ahead. No, go. Uh, no, I think even more so than that, taking it further, I think they want those guys who have the ability to stretch the offense. Basically, like, you know what I mean? You want the, the stretch big man in basketball, the guy that can, you know, play multiple positions, that can also hit three-pointer, mm-hmm. but can also go down low. I mean, that's the same thing these, I think the coaches are trying to uh, covet right now. Right. Like, look at it. Situational I mean, Jake football. Smith. Yeah, I mean, Epps is your tight end slash wide receiver hybrid. Jake Smith's your running back slash wide receiver hybrid. So is Jordan Whittington. I mean, there are more of those, I think, guys that are high level being recruited by Tom Herman because I think he wants that ability to be able to bring a guy in who can play multiple positions and expand his pro spread philosophy. If he can't do it, and I think he's going to do it, like theoretically, he's going to do it with, you know, bringing in Larry Fedora and bringing in all these different guys who are going to help build on his philosophy. But even that on the field, why don't you bring in players who will expand it themselves? Like the personnel pack. They'll make you multiple. Like Jordan Whittington makes you multiple. If you want to maximize them and weaponize them, so does Malcolm Epps, so do, you know, guys like Jake Smith. I think Tom Herman wants to challenge his offense. I think he's doing it. And you saw that even, he's from the Urban Meyer tree. Urban Meyer loves those guys. Going back to Percy Harvin Mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, he he loves them. That's a great one. Aaron Hernandez was one of those guys. I mean, he loves those guys. So I think he's just him kind of going back to the roots of what he learned about offense. Those guys are matchup, not just nightmares, they're horror shows. Yeah. Because that guy. When you brought up Harvin right there, it made me think of Whittington being utilized as that use-all piece that they have. And then, I mean, you look at Herman and how he likes to weaponize his offense, and these are all tools the same way a goal line is the one area that you either can get the most results or least results. So the difference between that field goal and touchdown is so immense. And look at the tools that he's brought in. A guy like Ellinger that seems to be an automated touchdown machine inside Mm -hmm. the short yardage. But then you have a Colin Johnson type target that can play no matter where you're at. De facto, first you have the running quarterback, but then we have a guy that can catch a ball on the plane that nobody else can catch it on. So when you're well defended, you still have an option. And then that's the perfect thing Colin Johnson's going to be leaving. You're going to lose, say, that asset, but have a guy like Epps that can be multiple, like you're saying, possibly line up different spots, possibly have a ceiling, but then can immediately be just a red zone tool the way that if you look at the NFL and look at red zone targets, there are certain types of tight ends. And like you see every team has one of these guys from what Eric Ebron used to be to a guy that, you know, you weren't necessarily a good tight end, but you have this one highly needed skill at that level that can still be undefensible. And you go across the list of the Jesse Jameses or the Vance McDonald's and these big bodies that are guys that they nothing that stands out athletically, but they have a tool that nobody else can defend. And if you have that in the red zone, in addition to running quarterback, and now on third down, you know, no matter what you have, worst option is throwing a ball up to those guys. What LJ Humphrey made him such a good receiver is because yeah. he played bigger than he actually was. I don't want to get too hung up on this, Rod, and, and talk big pictures. I want to talk some spring game before we yeah. get out of here. But you talk about evolving Getting this coaches. offense and kind of the marketplace of ideas. Uh, well, you mentioned hiring Larry Fedora, uh, bringing in Andre Coleman from Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Now, I asked Tim Beck about that during his availability, kind of how, how those guys have felt from a self-scouting standpoint. And he said, you know, you have guys that have head coaching experience or coordinator experience there. They might look at things differently than you do. And in his exact words where he's like, it's forced me to continue to grow. And yep. if that's what the goal for Tom Herman was, then it sounds like mission accomplished. Like, hey, uh, and Tim Beck described it as like, hey, you know, they might look at, you know, something to say, hey, have you done this? Have you 
you thought about this? Have you tried this? What about this? Which is why you bring those guys in. And add that on top of, I want to know your level of excitement when you heard about this. We knew he was the clinic speaker for a while, but Sean McVay's the keynote speaker at the uh, Texas Coaches Clinic mm-hmm. over the weekend. And Tom Herman said he came in early, spent two hours with the offensive staff. I know. I know. Tom Herman said, just talking ball, ideas. Come on now. Uh, talk red zone, RPOs, mid zone versus tight zone. Good conversation. So, And I know that knowledge is out there, but man, you just never know what's going to unload little nuggets going to unlock mm-hmm. you know what i mean like how many times have you been like stuck on a subject or something or a topic that you're writing about or whatever and the right and person then, articulates another yeah, and somebody drops something on you or you mm-hmm. know what i mean like you do a little research you go oh oh this is this ties it all together you opened a new portal and now you can snowball down yeah like it is it. so I, I i man i can't imagine that two hours man if i had if you had two hours a coach with sean mcveigh just to you know just to have access to football that football time. mind he's offensive must champion like a watching <laughs> our offense helping us you know you know make you know make personnel uh choices and giving us options that's a beautiful thing and the still photo yeah, that Belichick, was what two years uh, three years ago right uh yeah, 17 so two years ago yeah yeah two years ago belichick so nice yeah man i like that and if you saw i'm the sure photo. that was big for todd orlando to have belichick in if belichick <laughs> spent 10 minutes with you that's pretty damn good yeah, i think, I think tom, tom herman said i think bill belichick spent four hours with them uh yeah, he awesome. said a lot a lot of it was you know program building and maintaining success hey that's all good yeah, I mean, but I'm all good with that. I'm I would imagine good. there were some defensive <laughs> ideas. The fact that he's talking to anybody I'm else about that. football. No, trust like... me, Belichick probably didn't reveal much. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. didn't he doesn't even tell his nah. assistant coaches anything. That's why they all suck when they leave Belichick too. <laughs> that's he doesn't tell nobody. Even Brady doesn't know what he's going to do. Hell, he bitched Malcolm Butler before the Super Bowl, <laughs> the starting quarterback, right. and nobody still knows why he did. They still don't know. He don't <laughs> answer to anybody. He's the emperor <laughs> of the dark <laughs> side. He just so, as we start looking ahead of the spring, so Rod, I just just wanted to because I know you're a big Sean McVay fan. Oh man. And I mean that's just two hours of hey, yeah. pick, this, pick this guy's brain for two hours. He'll probably bring in Shanahan next or somebody like that. Like he because I yeah, I wonder who's gonna bring in because he, he's trying to I, I can see what he's doing. He's obviously trying to keep in like the marquee minds or something. Mm-hmm. So I wonder who you bring in next when you brought in Belichick and Sean McVay. Like who yeah. do you Andy Reader or... Shano comes back. Yeah. Oh to, Andy to do a clinic. Yeah, well and a Doug Peterson because he has Andy the false Reed. connection. But if Shano comes back Westlake, to do a clinic, does that Andy's mean we good. finally get Chris Sims back on the forty acres for a football? Oh, that would be you. awesome if he brought me back. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. He's, but Sims won't do it. He'd <laughs> be great if he did, but no. The boy's moving on up in the world, right? He's moving on. Oh, I yeah. think he'll end up being a broadcaster, like an analyst at well, one he point. He already said no. He he'll, was going to take Francesco's job at W Fan, but he was like, no, I don't want to take the biggest sports radio yeah. job in America. I want to continue my film he, stuff and work yeah, at NBC. He wants to, yeah, grow. Like, I think he's going to end up being a broadcaster. He wants to be, in, I think he, he, he won't admit it, but he wants to be like a color analyst like his dad was yeah. He, yeah. when he's just more on just football analysts and guru savant like he's a dude that uh, with the social media following that he sort of has and just what he does with the pro football side of NBC and breaking down film I yeah. think he already has sort of that niche as not being the guy in game analyst I just but want, just being like a go to as yeah. a fo- lead football analyst. I just want that fence to be men uh, I think it will at one point I think Tom Herman once he starts winning championships he'll start making it a priority to deal with here's, here's, yes, like that you know what I mean? and again i want to talk spring games so i don't want to spend too much time on this would it be would it be too far-fetched to put chris sims in the longhorn hall of honor no, no he should be he in should there. be in there. i want to say it's like the fans might boom while he's getting inducted starting, he's like top five until starting quarterbacks and all time wins he's somewhere up there. i mean he was, tell vince and colt mccoy are the only ones that passed him for win percent i think it's colt vy bobby lane and sims and if you count straight 16 yeah of course he should that's so there's the, the start. There's the start. Yeah, you're yep. right. That's the way to do it. That's a, that's a that's a, that's pretty cool. He he, you know, your ego you know, kicks in, so you may come back for that. It's like, oh, yeah, I just I think CDC can make that happen. Cheer him. CDC or whoever's in charge of Hall of Honor. It's a different happen. regime, yeah. and I think he'll be more receptive. It's like basically, if Texas fans and aren't a holes, he would probably. They're not. Do Texas it. fans are past that, I believe. Well, I think they. I would. I would hope. If they're not, then yeah, man, you're being petty as a. You're being petty AF. I'd be surprised. Then you you need to get a different. Ask Blake Gideon about that. If you're that. Oh, exactly. to get, That's you get a different life perspective. <laughs> they can be petty. That's I would be fearful that there would be booze <laughs> still for some irrational stupid. I think there'd be fights in the stands. No, I, yeah, hope, no, I think some no, of the Longhorn family would go. Yeah, yeah we, we put them in check. We need to do what we said and just have an alumni game and have it. We have an Sims alumni flag football major, game. You know, yeah. like just oh, Sims well, team. When Sims gets recognized at halftime for Hall of Honor, there's somebody that's how you major was better. You know, somebody's gonna say it. Major.
All right, the time has come for our first break on this week's show, but when we come back, we'll keep the Texas Spring football talk rolling, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. And caller number nine for $1 million. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of... Oh, I know this one. Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer. Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of chocolates. Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10. Oh Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super-reliable, super-fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 4 First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. Easy get up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details. And caller number 9 for $1 million. Rita, complete this quote. Life is like a box of... Oh, I know this one. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer. Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like a box of chocolates. Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10. Oh gosh. Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 4 First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. Music it up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Rod, I'll just throw it to you talking defense. What do you want to see? Because there's a couple of things I want to see defensively, and you can take any of these however you want them. Matt, you feel free to do the same. Uh, I want to see how this battle at nose shakes out with Keandre Coburn and Gerald Wilbon. Yeah. I want to see what you look like at inside linebacker, what combinations work, what it looks like. And I'm anxious to see development at that cornerback position. Deshaun Jameson's had a really good spring ball accounts. Jalen Green's had a good spring. Anthony Cook's still there. We've talked about needing to see development from Kobe Boyce because you're going to need him at some point yeah. so i know you know who's playing safety all that what does d line look like who's going to be your you know double digit sack potential guy but i think those three positions and other than safety you're talking about the ne- central nervous system of the defense yeah when you talk about nose inside linebacker but i want to see these corners I, they they're going to get tested in the spring game because oh, yeah. of the, the the talent that texas has a receiver now but those are the three things i really want to see in terms of position those um i i'm less concerned about corner honestly um than most and i know tom herman put it among his t- top three most um or at least the, the positions that concern him the most among the top three i think he had a second team offensive line was number one yeah um what does he say oh cornerback and then i think he said inside line yeah inside linebacker to me is your number one priority at the point i don't think he, he didn't run those down in order like i don't think he was like one two three in order in yeah. terms of his preference oh, but is, yeah, yeah. let's be clear i think todd orlando tom herman you me everybody listening to this podcast i think inside linebacker is probably number one for everybody well especially after the game Gabriel Floyd news about spinal was it spinal, spinal stenosis? stenosis? Yeah, for everybody, if you did, if you didn't hear, you missed it. Gabriel Floyd's been diagnosed yeah. with spinal stenosis. He's pretty much going to miss the entire season. They're going to, you know, let him rehab. No, Twenty twenty basically is when you reevaluate him, right? Yeah, pretty much. You don't even, yeah, you know, basically, he, just, he's a, he's a, he's going to focus on his health until twenty twenty, right? Which he should because that mm-hmm. it sounds spinal anything sounds really serious. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think well, they have Caleb Johnson there now. Who's the Belly other a day away? Yeah, a day away, and I know. Jeff, like a day away. Yeah, Jeff McCulloch they, is still hanging around. Well, Jeff McCulloch, in terms of middle linebacker. You're talking about that it. Mac position specifically? Yeah, like let's be, yeah, so let's go in there because that's why I think you just threw it out there. I mean, you basically just need to find two two linebackers, all right? That's what you need to find because you're going to be a nickel or a sub package 70% of the time, maybe you know 65 but 70% of the time, you're probably going to be in a sub package of some sort. So you need to find two good linebackers. From what I hear right now, Jeffrey McCulloch is one of those guys having a good spring yeah. and he looks to be working 
working out. And that's that's a really good sign. And now you got to pretty much find whoever's going to be the guy that compliment Jeffrey McCulloch, whether that in your in your sub package, whether that's going to be Joseph Asai, who I know they really like, but hey, like him as a pass rusher, somebody on line of scrimmage, or uh, whether that's a day away. That's kind of what you got to figure out because that's what you found when you had Malik Jefferson and then you had Gary Johnson and then you had actually had Anthony Wheeler with, you know, Gary Johnson in the, you know, in the situation last year in your sub pack. That's what you got really got to focus on. And Todd Orlando alluded to it in his availability and Tom Herman said it when he was asked about, you know, position battles that are going to go beyond spring and inside linebacker one that Tom Herman said it's going to take time. They're not going to get it sorted out this spring. And, and Todd Orlando said, yeah. you know, it's talking about Caleb Johnson specifically. And this summer is going to be really big for him because not just the weight work and the speed work with Nancy Knight, but you know, he's going to have a lot of film study to do mm-hmm. this summer. Playbook. Make sure, make sure he's got everything down. Here's uh, just kind of spit, spitballing a potential is, concern, Rod. What if you get to August 31st and it's pretty clear your top two linebackers, and let's say there's even a gap there, which I, I think at this point, I don't think it's far-fetched to suggest there might be. What if your top two linebackers are Jeffrey McCulloch and Joseph Osai? I know. That's... Two guys that are ideally more suited for that B-backer position, but yeah. what if among that group, what if they're just your two best guys that you have to have on the field? Yeah. That's like, what, what does that... that do to your front? And, and, well, yeah, that's when you got to be malleable. That's why you defense, want them the, to be multiple. positions. It's almost, and that, well, you know, and th- then that depends on what's happening at safety, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, how many safeties do you have that you really trust that you want you you want and need to be on the field? And right now, I say, hell, it's three. I think they got four. I, exactly. I, I, think, I think Chris Brown's in that group. Well, okay, you're in so, the conference where you can sort of shade where if you have a very good against around nickel or safeties, like they can help mask yeah. those things because you're all working together. And what's happening with DeMarvion Overshot? Because he's also a guy that can solve a lot of problems for you if he's on schedule, but I don't know if he is. I think, I think this spring is the the figure-it-out spring for him. He's getting a lot of reps. This we is, know that. We, I mean, we forget yeah, yeah, this, this about some of these guys. This is his first spring. This is the most important, and I said this at, you know, two or three weeks ago, the most important spring for a Texas football team probably in 35, 40 years. Ooh. Going way, way back because you've never lost as much on one defense before. Never lost as many starts. You cool. go back to the, hell, the the Shock the Nation tour. Mm-hmm. It's probably the last time you've lost as much on defense. I'm not, I'm not making it up. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm not. Go back. That's the 1990 the team? It's like the 1990, 91 yeah. team. Maybe you lost a lot, but then that's like pre-internet days to go mm-hmm. check that out. You got to ask Bill Little and Craig Wett about that kind of stuff, but I did the Craig research in the, even- in the internet era. There is no Texas football team in the internet era that's lost more on defense than this particular 233 team. 233 combined curse. All right, and now you're talking about a guy that was going to contend to be part of the, the, you know, the most important, arguably, part of your central nervous system, and DeGabriel Floyd, now he's out. And now you still don't even know who your top linebackers are, even though top two. You just got one guy that you trust right now at linebacker. And I'm with you. What if it's Joseph Osai, who's better suited to basically play on the line of scrimmage and be a designated pass rusher? He's more like, um, man, what's the what's the Sergio Kendall, basically, mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah. You don't want him dropping back in coverage in the Big 12. And the other. I want him on the line of scrimmage, defending the run, rushing the pass. Mm-hmm. That's what I want him yeah. doing. Oh, and then, yeah, and then you got Jeffrey McCulloch, who I like him. as He has more versatility. Yeah, you can do a lot more different things with him. But, you know, he's your only linebacker that right now that you trust that may have some versatility back there in the Big 12. That's where you're going to be targeted. You're going to be targeted right there at your linebacker spot. So you got B.J. Foster. You got DeMarvion Overshone. You said, you you know, Chris Browns. He's progressing pretty well. Montrell Estelle's so, had to get some run with the so, first team. So Josh Thompson's still hanging around. You may have the deepest pool of safeties in the country. And that's so big. maybe to make up for the lack of linebacker depth, you know, you see Tarlando go, you know what? I'm putting more safety. I'm going fl- to be like the San Diego Chargers. I'm going to flood the damn field with safety. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, dude. Every it, position. I'm just, some of the guys going to be playing linebacker. You know, some guys going to be playing nickel and dime. But I'm going to flood the field with safety. Those are my best football players right yeah. now. You know what I mean? When I look back at, at, at experience and talent, your most talented and your most experienced position on defense is safety. And that's actually where we have seen Orlando weaponize his defense more than any other position. And that's where, like, this conversation reminds me totally about the concept that, I mean, Rick Carlisle was one of the first ones to keep doing it a ton, and they beat the Miami Heat doing it back eight years ago. But the idea of bringing in guards, and you always were thought that your defense cannot survive if you have two undersized guards, so you're basically playing a three-guard lineup in the NBA, but you're getting it back with threes. Well, this is the same type of thing that if you don't have linebackers, yeah, you're going to maybe give up some size at the DB position, but if you're giving up that size and what you're getting back in return are QB pressures, which you used with Texas's havoc rate in the top five each of the last two years yeah. against uh, Big 12 opponents, it fits the culture of the conference. It actually is how he deploys his players to make the biggest pressure-making plays, and if you're getting back turnovers, you're getting back pressures, and then your 
you're just serviceable enough. Maybe you are below average, but that trade-off that you get by being eh, serviceable average against the run, but then if you actually are putting on your better playmakers that are utilized more, you may get back in return like you did in basketball with the three-point shot whenever undersized guys were just getting twos on the other end because they're bullying some big guy down low and Beret is on LeBron or something like that. And that's literally what we've seen. The NBA just realized, no, no, it's worth it. We need dueling guards. Chris Paul and, you know, James Harden can be the primus of examples. But when you have Orlando, maybe being able to have a reason to put what pieces that he's most effective with, it could actually be a way that works out on the plus side of expected value. I just feel like, Rod, leaving the spring game, I don't need to see Caleb Johnson or Delia Dayway have like just some monster spring game to feel okay. Me personally, yeah, I, I just want to see enough good flashes. Look, as good as these running backs have been, and as good as as talented as we think this offensive line can be, and, and as good as Cade Brewer's been, look, there's going to be, hopefully, we see this run game pop off some long run. We see this offense sustain something on Saturday. I just want to see enough good flashes to where you can say, okay, I can see it working with that. Yeah, no, no, I feel you. I, I, yeah, because I'm, at this point, you only have one proven commodity if you can consider Jeffrey McCulloch a proven commodity. He's definitely the closest thing the you closest have. The closest thing you got to any it. experience. Really. Yeah, so, and th- yeah, that's why it's an ongoing project. You probably won't figure this thing out, unfortunately, probably mm-hmm. until three or four games into the season. That's what's good about spring, though. Uh, right you know now, I mean? you can see who you can take can, on what, well, you who fails at what, yeah. and it doesn't hurt you. you won't be able, like post-LSU game, I'm even saying. Right. You won't be able to draw any concrete opinion one way or the other after Saturday, but to me, it's all about the spring game with inside linebackers specifically is going into the summer, are you looking at a glass half full or glass half empty? I agree. I agree. It, it depends on... I, you know what? I would say glass half full, because I, I love Joseph Asai, right. but I I think I know what Joseph Asai is. I think he's a guy that's a great pass rusher, and he's a guy that's a great run stopper. I think he needs to be on the line of scrimmage. The closer he is to the line of scrimmage, the better. You back him up, and you can get him in space. I think that's where you can exploit him. I'm saying yeah. I, I just don't... I think that's where people's opinion should be, is either glass half full or glass half empty. Okay. I don't think you can watch what happened Saturday and say, uh, these linebackers are terrible. They're going to have to do no, something there. No, you don't know. Or, no. uh, every, I, don't, I don't care what everybody's saying. Like, they're, they're great. They're going to be awesome at linebackers. Not no. enough intel. It's yeah. not enough intel either way. Yeah. Um, I think what I, 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 there are a couple of things that I know, but I think Jeffrey McCulloch and Joseph Besides where you start. And maybe you get inventive and, you know, we've talked about this. Maybe you're in, in the, maybe you create something new. Maybe something new comes out you're of this. You're putting I mean, them into Mother co- is the, yeah, I mean, you know, they always say uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Well, maybe I necessity he comes up with something great we know he loves the lightning package which is six defi- six defensive backs that's his dime package and you know maybe he co- ends up with a a four one six defense basically with a four-man front but not you know three down front but four-man front with a, a, a side on the outside right. lurking as an outside linebacker jeffrey mccullough kind of basically playing your inside linebacker I, I that out, there's over. A possibility yeah. yeah you know what i mean and then whoever that other safety is whether it's bj foster or demarvio and overshone or whatever like they end up playing kind of that that joker role. I mean I don't know how he's going to actually end up formulating right. but that maybe you saw about putting your best players on the field which is what coach Aquino always said it's like you know what well, screw the defense that we run who are our 11 yep. best players yes all right and, and does it work out are we fortunate and blessed enough where our 11 best players end up being you know three down linemen and you know you know three linebackers and five DBs or whatever something that we can obviously play in a nickel package or a dime package or is it nope you get your seven your your six best players are all at safety you know what yeah. I mean? or whatever it is and then you have to build around that I think that's what I want to see from Tyler Landry. and that's what the spring is so vital for because no other time of the year do you have time to actually experiment or put a player in an uncomfortable type well, setting well he can't right now because he doesn't have his guys well true he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a full what, complement of so guys they're to all, so all these players right now yeah, he'll though, be going on faith he can go but that's what I'm saying like yeah. that right now with the spring now you have all these other guys that you can put in these situations to learn from or at least realize yeah. oh wait he can't do that well you really can't do those type of things in fall camp or going into the season like yeah. you're trying to sharpen your knives and be may find out what we do best and get ready for games right now you can actually put players out and test what their parameters are it will truly be a thought experiment because yes. right now you got your third string safety tomorrow you're on overshown playing you know your two starting safeties when he won't be playing in that role in the yep. regular season so the communication Very about tough. those position is going to be all like you talk about the most inexperienced defense you've had in 30 years like I'm telling you, if you're Tyler Landry right now, you're probably freaking up. out. You know what yep. I mean? Like, it is a lot going on, and you don't really have, right now, enough of a test sample for any of the 
these positions to go into training camp and go, this is where we're going to start mm-hmm. my experimentation. Like yep. you're going to go into it basically kind of rolling the dice into the regular season. And I'm, I, you know, I think you should start with your safeties. I think you start with what you know, your safeties and your D line. And I think linebacker for you is like, man, I'm going to play two of you guys, you know what I mean? But I would love to have three or four, but I'm playing as little of you guys as possible. Like that, that's the position I trust the least. Yeah. Trust the D line more and I trust the safeties and I trust even cornerbacks more. So I think you overcompensate to deal with that. Because corner, you have talent at corner. Talent it's just a matching corner, of getting those guys at bats. By mid-season, corner will be fine. Yeah. And the safeties are so good, they'll be able to have the back of the corners. They'll be able to be, hey, you know, I got you deep. Like They'll be able to help those young corners. Right. Um, and I think the D-line, because I think you have some depth and talent there, Malcolm Rhodes, Saquon Graham, I think you'll be able to rush the passer, and it'll also help those young corners in coverage. Where you are suffering, where you have nothing, in my opinion, that you can you can really trust is at linebacker, specifically in Salah. I, here's how I, I see this unfolding, and one way I could see it going, I should say I see this unfolding. I, I, I'm not expecting this to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked. Todd Orlando really needs to find three inside line. Pretty much. For your depth, you really need three guys. I McCulloch, we know, is going to be one. He's one. And if you only have two, if it's Caleb Johnson or it's Deli Dayway, I wouldn't be completely shocked, right, if we got to the second week camp and hear DeMarvion Overshone's back at rope and you've moved Jeffrey McCulloch. To I would. Okay. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Because we talk about, you know, kind of rolling yeah. the dice. If I'm ta- if I'm Todd Orlando, you've seen enough of DeMarvion Overshone this spring to at least have an idea. Okay. With within the framework of our defense. And, and keep in mind, when Gary Johnson got here, that's all they asked Gary Johnson to do. Like, well, we don't need you to do anything else. We just need you to play Rover. Like, yeah. that's the one position you're going to learn. That's it. Don't worry about Mac or sub packages, anything else. You're going to learn this one position. Yeah. And I think they've seen enough for DeMarvion Overshone this spring at safety to feel like, okay, if we can move McCulloch to Mac because we've got to have him on the field and he's vocal and making calls and all that stuff. But the best option you've got in terms of a playmaker is sink or swim with DeMarvion Overshone. I don't, I'm not that. expecting I that to happen, no, no, you, but I could see that happen. That's a smart move. I don't see you might need to do it sooner rather than later. Just anticipation. I mean, right now, what are you going to do? What You're not getting deeper at inside at, at linebacker unless you make that move. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would think, and it's going to take. And if you, you don't have faith in it now, you're not, you don't have enough time in spring to gain faith in it. What are you going to do? An offseason drill? Say, oh, I like this guy. Like, yeah. It's not going to happen. I think I think it's just going to determine exactly what you said. Does Todd Orlando, does Todd Orlando walk off the field Saturday night having faith that he can, of this group, he can find three linebackers that he trusts to put on the field? Yeah, he can. That's what I'm saying. It's like much, but it's you like can that glass. Who fails in those situations? It's that glass you half know, full. It's a glass half full, glass half empty thing. He's yeah. not going to say this guy can't play or this guy can't. But can he have? Okay, I can. I can wind up trusting this guy. Here's, but I, I know what he needs to work. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. is this com- player comfortable in all five of these settings? It's like okay, I may have a little more confidence about him after this spring. But if he has a couple glaring issues, you may be able to take that away from it. But other than that, when you're outside of your normal role, it is going to be hard to tell. Yeah, I think yeah. Of, the, of those inside guys, I think Caleb Johnson is the guy I'm most interested to see because you watch his JUCO film and we know he can run we know he can hit. That's but, why you bring in JUCO too. Right. But, and, and exactly. You don't bring Very in. Just why I'm anxious to see Jacoby Jones because they've got plans for that guy from everything I've heard. You're not bringing in that guy to play five snaps a game. You want him to be a, a heavy rotational type guy. Yeah, right now. I mean, he's not going to start. He's not going to beat out Malcolm Roach, Quan Graham. But no. we know in that D-line, you know, your best asset is your depth. No doubt. It is the numbers you have. I agree with that. So, and, and that's, from, yeah. from the D-line standpoint, I want to see that, that nose battle kind of where it is with Will Bond and Coburn, but I also want to see how many of these guys does it look like you can count on by the time you get to camp. Yeah, yeah. No, we talking about the, we come back to the central nervous system of the defense. Yeah, that's what we're worried about basically. <laughs> that's our concern. Yep. And real quick, <laughs> and that's what took down the Manny Diaz's defense. The central nervous and it system took down Vance Bedford's defense in their second year. For Todd Lando, it's just taking a little bit longer to shift it back to the offense. We don't have enough time to get into it. Uh, my concern, really, there's two or not concern, but things I want to see. I want to see as much of Casey Thompson as we can see, just to kind of get an idea I agree of that. you know what does it look like just to kind of for me to conceptualize okay if they had to play a game like what would you have available for a package yeah. based on what he's able to set just Tom conceptualize he, he had a good scrimmage right yeah I had a good scrimmage and second scrimmage but it was kind of there was still some yeah. feast or famine there which is what's your freshman he's a freshman, freshman. yeah expected. no doubt about it uh, but I want to see this offensive line I want to see then that number one group how do they handle themselves and then I want to see what you see from some of these young guys I want to see Christian Jones get some I want to see Junior Angelou get plenty of reps I yeah. want to see how Rafidi Germay looks at that backup center spot. So yeah. it's just it's fun now to get to a spring game, and I know we've voiced our concerns, but rather than man, is this team going to have enough talent to compete? Are they going to have the 
this, that, and the other. First they, world do they problems. have a competent quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Now we have first world problems. Exactly. Who's our quarterback? Who's our, who's our left guard going to be? Right. <laughs> Can you find <laughs> a sixth or seventh guy on the offensive right? line? <laughs> yeah. You know? Who's going to be the backup? Who's our backup quarterback going to be pretty good this year? Yeah. First world problems. All right. Time for another break. More Texas Spring football talk is on the other side as we close this thing out and wrap up another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. For Matt Farrar, for Travis, the best damn videographer in a podcast game for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every one to three. Shameless plug. Weekday from one to three, I should say. And thanks to Matt, you can get us, like I said, anywhere you get your podcasts and get our classic interviews, all of our archives from the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel. As a wise and educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms, unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol, quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1 which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7474. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7474. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 6565 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 6565. Avant.com, code 65.